Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Hello, Sky community. Welcome to another episode of Sky Women. Today, we're talking all about contraception. This episode is sponsored by Slend. Slend is an estrogen-free pill that is safe for women who have estrogen-related health concerns or who cannot take estrogen. And it's a great option for otherwise healthy women who are conscious about the hormones they are placing in their bodies. Slend is convenient to take because it has a flexible window to catch up on a missed pill similar to combined oral contraceptives and your periods happen on a schedule so it has a more predictable bleeding profile or you may have missed periods altogether. I prescribe Slend in my practice and patients are having great results. You can ask your healthcare provider if Slend might be right for you. Please see important risk information and full prescribing information at slend.com. That's L-Y-N-D.com. All right, friends, we're talking all about birth control methods, contraception. I'm breaking it down into six categories of birth control methods to try to keep this somewhat organized and simple because it truly is a large topic. I have these conversations daily in the office and there's just such common questions around it. I thought, how great would it be to put it all in a podcast episode, transcribe that into a blog and have a common place where you can go and get these questions answered so that you go to your healthcare provider feeling empowered with your set of questions or options that you're considering. So I'm breaking it down into six categories, short-term, long-term, one-time use, fertility awareness-based methods, permanent sterilization, and emergency contraception. There are many forms of birth control to choose from, and that's the great news, right? But sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming, but I promise we can find one that's right for you. Some options you may have heard of or tried, while others might be new to you. Finding the contraception that works best for your personal lifestyle can be very rewarding once you finally get there, right? But sometimes it's a journey. This allows you to take control of your future and live the way you want. But you can spend a lot of time and energy trying to figure out the different types of birth control. And if you just want to know how to prevent pregnancy in the best way for you, that can be frustrating. With so many possibilities, where do you even start? What should you keep in mind? So that's what we're here for today. I hope you walk away with a better understanding of your options and have your common questions answered and can be your own healthcare advocate. And if you're a patient of mine, I hope you listen to this episode before your contraception visit. Consistent and correct use of a male latex condom reduces the risk of HIV infection and other sexually transmitted infections, including chlamydia infection, gonorrhea, trichomonas. Of course, you'll want to talk to your OB-GYN or certified nurse midwife or nurse practitioner to get personalized birth control advice. Your care provider can give you more details about each of these options, and they'll be able to help you choose what is best for you and what you feel great about. Let's get into this. 
short-term contraception. So we're going to start with combined hormonal contraception. So this could include birth control pills, the birth control patch, and the vaginal birth control ring. These are all recommended forms of hormonal birth control. They contain estrogen and progesterone. Combined hormonal birth control methods release estrogen and progesterone into the whole body. These hormones prevent pregnancy mainly by stopping ovulation. So the release of the egg from one of the ovaries. They are also cause other changes in the body that help prevent pregnancy. So the mucus in the cervix thickens, making it hard for sperm to enter the uterus. The lining of the uterus thins. With typical use, meaning the method may not always be consistently or correctly used, nine women out of 100, so about 9%, will become pregnant during the first year of using these methods. With perfect use, meaning that the method is used consistently and correctly each time, fewer than one woman out of 100 will become pregnant during the first year. I love combined hormonal methods for so many reasons because they have so many benefits in addition to protecting against pregnancy. Those benefits include, you may have a reg more regular, lighter, and shorter period. It may reduce menstrual cramps. They decrease the risk of cancer of the uterus, ovary, and colon. They can improve acne and reduce unwanted hair growth. They can be used to treat certain disorders that cause heavy bleeding and menstrual pain, such as fibroids or endometriosis. They can, or can be used continuously, and this can reduce the frequency of migraines associated with menstrual cycles. Although they can't be used or shouldn't be used if you have migraines with aura, so if you have neurologic symptoms. They also can be used to treat heavy bleeding and pain by stopping the menstrual period. There are some risks associated with combined hormonal birth control though, that there is a small increase in risk of deep vein thrombosis, heart attack, and stroke, especially in women over 35 who smoke. Postpartum use of combined hormonal contraception during those first three weeks after delivery are really discouraged because of the risk of DVT is higher in the weeks after childbirth. And also we worry about milk supply. While the risk of DVT or deep vein thrombosis may be slightly higher in women taking pills that contain progesterone called drospirinone and in women using the patch. The risk of DVT though is higher during pregnancy and in the weeks after childbirth than when taking drospirinone containing pills or using the patch. So that's kind of a distinguishing factor that your risk in pregnancy is actually much greater than when taking the drospirinone containing birth control pill or the patch. I kind of mentioned this earlier about breastfeeding. If you're breastfeeding, estrogen can affect your milk supply. So it's recommended that you wait until the fifth week after delivery to start using these methods when breastfeeding is well established. Or you can use a progesterone only pill. In the United States, birth control pills, um, birth control patch, birth control ring are all available by prescription only. So let's talk about the pill, combined oral contraceptives. This contains estrogen and progesterone, as we mentioned earlier. It's prescribed by your doctor. The pill needs to be taken around the same time every day. 
If you're older than 35 and you smoke or have a history of blood clot or breast cancer, we're going to advise you not to take the pill. Um, sometimes they'll have iron in them, but no hormones or just simply an inactive pill. And during the these days, when you are taking the hormone-free pills, you will have your period. There's also a 90 pill day pill pack where you're taking an extended where you're using it continuously and you'll have about, you'll have a cycle every three months or so. And then if you take it in a 365 day pill pack, you're taking one pill a day at the same time every day of the year. And in time, your bleeding may become lighter and may even stop. What are some possible side effects of birth control. Let's talk about the common, because we talked about some of the scarier things that we have to worry about, right? Um, the more common side effects are headache, nausea, breast tenderness, and some breakthrough bleeding, particularly if you're using it in a continuous fashion. Okay, let's talk about the vaginal ring. The vaginal ring is a flexible plastic ring that's placed in the upper vagina. It releases estrogen and progesterone that's absorbed through the vaginal tissues and into the body. You have to be comfortable touching yourself because you're going to compress this little plastic ring. You're going to slide it up in the vagina. You're going to leave it in place for 21 days, and then you're going to pull it out and have a ring-free week, and that's when you'll have your period. Possible side effects with this are headache, nausea, breast tenderness, increase in vaginal discharge, vaginal irritation, or breakthrough bleeding. There's also a newer vaginal ring that is, it can be used for a year. I have not had a lot of experience um, with prescribing this for patients and seeing how they like it, um, but there is a new one out, I believe it's called. So you have one vaginal ring that you leave in for 21 days, take out for seven to have your cycle, and then put a new ring in or you have the Anavera, which is good for the whole year. Okay, what is the contraception skin patch? So the skin patch is a small, it's just under two inches adhesive patch that's worn on the skin to prevent pregnancy. The patch releases estrogen and progesterone, which is absorbed through the skin and into the body. Again, this has to be prescribed. The patch can be less effective in women who weigh more than 198 pounds. The patch can be worn on the buttocks, the chest, except the breast, upper back and arm, or the abdomen. And you wear the patch for a week at a time for a total of three weeks in a row. During the fourth week, the patch isn't worn, and this is when you'll have your period. After week four, a new patch is applied and the cycle is repeated. You apply the patch on the same day of the week, even if you still are bleeding. So regardless of whether you're still in your cycle, you're gonna start it on that seventh day. To use the patch as a continuous dose for birth control, you just apply a new patch every week on the same day without skipping a week. Possible side effects, skin irritation, because it's a sticky surface, breast tenderness, headache, breakthrough bleeding. Okay, we've got to talk about the progesterone only pill, which I mentioned earlier. Your healthcare provider might pr recommend the mini pill, as we often hear it called, if you're breastfeeding. Uh, if you have certain health problems, so if you had a history of blood clots in the legs or the lungs, or you've had increased risk of other conditions, your doctor might recommend a mini pill. 
or if you're concerned about taking estrogen. So some women choose the mini pill just because of the possible side effects of birth control containing estrogen. The mini pill uh, norethindrone is an oral contraceptive that contains the hormone progestin. And unlike combination birth control pills, the mini pill uh, or progesterone only pill doesn't contain estrogen. So this progesterone dose is a mini pill is lower than the progesterone dose in combined combination birth control. It thickens the cervical mucus, thins the lining of the uterus, prevents preventing sperm from reaching the egg. The mini pill also suppresses ovulation, but not consistently. So for maximum effectiveness, you have to take the mini pill at the same time every day. And this is where SLIND comes in. SLIND is a new oral contraceptive that doesn't contain any estrogen and only has the hormone progestin, making it suitable for women who want to avoid estrogen. And it has a 24 hour missed pill window. So while the goal is always to take the pill at the same time every day, if you miss a pill, you have a more forgiving 24 hour pill, missed pill window with SLIND similar to other estrogen containing pills or the combined hormonal contraceptive pill. It has a 24 four dosing schedule, similar to most estrogen containing birth control. So that's in that 28 day pill pack, you're going to have 24 active pills and a four day window of inactive pills to have a period. And this is nice because it helps you to manage your bleeding days to suit your lifestyle. Okay. So those are our short-term. And here is where we get into a slightly, this is like a middle of the road, um, the injection or shot. And this is depomedroxyprogesterone acetate or Depo-Provera. It's a highly effective injectable contraception that affords privacy. It has a convenient dosing schedule of four times per year, making it appealing to many users, especially some adolescents. The injection is slightly more effective than the progesterone-only pills. Typical use, six in 100 women will get pregnant during the first year using this injection with perfect use, meaning people get their shots on time every 13 weeks. Fewer than one in 100 will get pregnant during the first year using the injection. Depo-Provera has several ways that work together to prevent pregnancy. It stops ovulation. It thickens and decreases the amount of cervical mucus, making it difficult for sperm to enter the uterus and fertilize an egg. And it thins the lining of the uterus. The injection is given by an OBGYN or healthcare professional. The first shot can be given at any time during your menstrual cycle, as long as you and your OBGYN or other healthcare prof professional are reasonably sure you are not pregnant. Okay. So if you get your first shot within seven days after you start your period, no additional birth control method is needed. But if you get your shot more than seven days after you start your period, you need to use an additional birth control method to avoid or avoid sex for the next seven days. If you're switching from another birth control, simply stopping using the other method at the same time you get your first shot is fine. So like I mentioned, the injection is most effective when you get it every 13 weeks. Injections can be given up to two weeks late. So 15 weeks from the last injection. If you're more than two weeks late for a repeat injection, you ha can have it as long as you and your OBGYN or other healthcare professional are reasonably sure that you are not pregnant. 
and you have to use another form of birth control or avoid sex for the next seven days. The benefits of this are reducing the risk of cancer of the uterus if used long-term, reducing pelvic pain and endometriosis. It may reduce bleeding associated with uterine fibroids, but there is a uh, potential weight gain associated with Depo-Provera. Some women will gain uh, weight on it, but the average amount of weight gained is less than five pounds when we look at all women. Also women with a history of stroke or vascular disease or poorly controlled high blood pressure may be at increased risk for cardiovascular disease while using this method. So I will just want to say about the bone loss that the effect of Depo-Provera on bone mineral density and potential fracture risk should prevent practitioners from prescribing Depo or continuing its use beyond two years. When we, there's no high quality data to answer this important clinical question as to whether it really affects your fracture risk. So if it's working for you, you're happy on it, you don't have any significant risk factors, it's totally fine to continue. Okay, let's talk about long-term birth control. So these are some of my favorite. Two types of long-acting reversible contraception are available in the United States, the intrauterine device and the etonergesterol single rod contraception implant. There are five IUDs that are currently marketed in the United States. Uh, the copper containing IUD and four levonorgestrel releasing intrauterine devices. Typical use pregnancy rates for LARC long-acting reversible contraception are lower compared to those who use oral contraceptives. Okay, so they're super effective. Advantages of IUDs. They're more than 99% effective at preventing pregnancy. They last for a long time. Marina can last for five years. The copper IUD can last for 10 years. They're safe to use if you're breastfeeding and no medication stop them from working. But let's best a myth because I often hear this. IUD use does not increase the risk of ectopic pregnancy. Okay, the rates of ectopic pregnancy in IUD users is actually lower than if you weren't using an IUD. I want to best a myth. IUD use does not increase the risk of ectopic pregnancy. A pregnancy that does occur with an IUD in place is more often an ectopic one than a pregnancy with no IUD. Okay, so patients who have an IUD are not having an increased frequency of ectopic pregnancies because they're not getting pregnant as often, right? Okay, levonorgestrel IUD. So this is our Mirena, Kylina, Skyla, Lyletta. These are a small T-shaped device that's placed inside the uterus by your doctor or midwife or nurse practitioner, releases a small amount of progestin each day to keep you from getting pregnant. It stays in your uterus for three to six years, depending on the device. All levonorgestrel IUDs have a similar primary mechanism of action. They prevent fertilization by causing profound change in the amount and viscosity of the cervical mucus, keeping sperm from entering. The available evidence supports that a levonorgestrel IUD do not disrupt pregnancy and are not abortifacts. The levonorgestrel IUD is approved for three to six years of use with a, the pregnancy rate being 0.31 per 100 women years. So very infrequent. 
Women may experience some hormone-related effects such as headaches, nausea, breast tenderness, mood changes, and ovarian cyst formation. There's really um, no significant weight gain with a progesterone IUD. Mirena IUD has an indication for heavy vaginal bleeding, and most patients will have a lighter flow, fewer periods, and may not have periods at all. The overall complications with IUDs are uncommon, but could include expulsion or method failure or even perforation, so poking a hole in the uterus. And so this is why it's important to have an experienced provider placing this for you. Okay, there's also the copper IUD. That, so it's similar to the progesterone IUD. It is a small T-shaped device that your doctor or provider places in the uterus to prevent pregnancy. It can stay in place for up to 10 years. And it is a polyethylene device wrapped with copper wire around the stem and the arm. So there's actually no hormone in the copper IUD. So it's really just this foreign body effect. And it prevents fertilization through keeping the sperm from migrating. The available evidence supports that the copper IUD does not disrupt pregnancy and it's not an abortifact. And it's approved for 10 continuous years where it remains highly effective. Its failure rate at one year is reported to be 0.8 per 100 women. And 10-year failure rate is comparable to that of female sterilization. So having your tubes tied. The most common adverse effect with the copper IUD is heavy menstrual bleeding and pain. So if you have heavy painful periods, the copper IUD is not the best choice for you. In that situation, I would probably choose a marine IUD. Okay, the implant. The next preliminary implant. This implant is a single thin rod that's inserted under the skin of the upper arm. The rod contains a progesterone that is released into the body over three years. Typical failure um, rate is 0.1%. The contraception implant is placed under the surface of the skin. It contains 68 milligrams of adonergesterol. There is a controlled release of the medication over three years. The single rod implant is just four centimeters in length and two millimeters in diameter. So it's super tiny. You can kind of roll your fingers over the inside of your arm and feel it under the surface of the skin. The primary mechanism of action is to suppress ovulation, thicken the cervical mucus, and thin the individual lining. Pregnancy rates are also similar in obese, overweight, and normal weight users. So there's no limitation uh, for this on with weight. Removal could be complicated by breakage of the implant and inability to locate it um, because maybe it was inserted deep. The location can be determined um, by using an ultrasound or an MRI um, because it or an X-ray because it is uh, radio opaque. Infertility returns rapidly after discontinuation of the implant, so not similar to Depo-Provera, which has that prolonged return to ovulation. And everyone who is, the healthcare providers who perform these implant insertions have to be trained by the manufacturer in order to put it in. IUDs actually can even be used in the immediate postpartum period, and it can be inserted within 10 minutes of the placenta being delivered in a vaginal or a cesarean birth. 
and it can be a safe and effective option. Although expulsion is more common, so it actually finding its way outside of the uterus um, after placement immediately post. Okay, one-time use or barrier methods. We're gonna run through these rather quickly because they are more common and do not require a prescription. Um, a diaphragm or cervical cap. These are each barrier methods that are placed into the vagina to cover the cervix to block the sperm. Now these do need to be fitted by a provider. So you will need to see a provider to get fitted for one of these. Um, you place it before intercourse. You can use it with a spermicide to block or kill sperm. Sponge. This is contraception sponge contains spermicide and it's placed into the vagina where it fits around the cervix. It works for up to 24 hours and it must be left in the vagina for at least six hours after the last act of intercourse. Then it can be removed and discarded. The male condom worn by a man when the penis is erect. Latex condoms are the most common type. They help prevent pregnancy and HIV and other sexually transmitted infections, as do newer synthetic condoms. There are also natural or lambskin condoms that can prevent against pregnancy, but may not provide the sexually transmitted infection protection that we're hoping for. There's also a female condom that's worn by the woman and it helps to keep the sperm from getting into the body. And there's also spermicides. Spermicides work by killing sperm and come in several forms, foam, gel, cream, film, suppository, tablet. They're placed in the vagina no more than an hour before intercourse and you leave them in place for at least six to eight hours after intercourse. There's also a new vaginal contraception gel for women who are simply seeking pregnancy prevention without the use of hormones. And it's the only vaginal pH modulator that works by maintaining an acidic vaginal pH and decreasing sperm mobility. So that's kind of a new fun option. Of course, these uh, one-time barrier methods are not as effective as for instance, a long acting reversible contraception or even a birth control pill used with perfect use but they are um, reasonable options. There's also fertility awareness-based methods. So one would be your fertility pattern is the number of days in a month when you are fertile or able to get pregnant. Days when you are infertile and days when fertility is unlikely, but possible. And so some people are very comfortable tracking their menstrual cycle, testing their cervical mucus, basal body temperature, LH kit testing, whatever methods um, they're using, potentially a combination thereof. I should also mention lactational amenorrhea. So this is for women who are exclusively breastfeeding that could be used as birth control when three conditions are met. When you're not having any periods after baby, when you're fully or nearly fully breastfeeding and less, it's been less than six months after delivery of baby. So we can only kind of rely on it. If those three criteria are met after six months, you're absolutely going to be need to be on some form of birth control. If you are not wanting to get pregnant. Okay. Let's talk about permanent methods of birth control, tubal ligation or salpingectomy for women and, or a vasectomy for men. These are relatively simple surgical procedures intended to make pregnancy impossible. They're almost 100% effective at preventing pregnancy. 
if you're sure you don't want to have children in the future, they're a great option to consider. With tubal ligation, the fallopian tubes are tied, cut, or sealed to prevent eggs from reaching the uterus. And with the salpingectomy, we actually use this for primary ovarian prevention. The fallopian tubes are removed. There is no increased risk of your surgical procedure with a salpingectomy versus a tubal ligation where the fallopian tubes are tied or cut or sealed. Recovery time from these procedures usually take only a few days. The procedure can be done in the hospital or an outpatient surgical center. And you can usually go home the same day and resume your normal activities within a couple of days. Your sexual function will not be impacted. You'll still get your period. And essentially nothing will change in your day-to-day -day life except for that you won't be able to get pregnant. And this makes permanent contraception one of the most convenient birth control options but only if you're confident that you don't want to have kids going forward because reversing a tubal ligation or a vasectomy is not impossible, but it, there's no guarantee that it would work. And it's oftentimes not covered by insurance. And a salpingectomy, so removing those fallopian tubes, well, is not reversible. So specifically about male sterilization, the operation is done to keep the man's sperm from going into his penis. So his ejaculate never has enough sperm in it to fertilize an egg. The procedure is typically done in outpatient surgical center or in the urologist office. The man can go home same day, recovery time is less than a week. And after the procedure, the man has to visit his doctor for tests to count his sperm, to make sure that the sperm count has dropped to zero. And this can take about 12 weeks. So another form of birth control has to be used during that time until the sperm count drops to zero. Okay, and lastly, we're gonna talk about emergency contraception. Emergency contraception is not your regular method of birth control, okay? This is gonna be our backup. We're gonna use it when you didn't use any form of birth control and you had unprotected sex. There was an issue with your regular birth control method, the condom broker slipped, or you missed a dose or more of your regular birth control pill and had sex. Emergency contraception is a safe way to prevent pregnancy after unprotected sex. But there are, there are a few types of emergency contraception that we're gonna run through really quickly. There are two ways to prevent pregnancy after you've had unprotected sex. An IUD that can be used up to five days after having unprotected sex, and this is the copper IUD. And this is the most effective type of emergency contraception. The IUD works as well on day one as on day five. And then option two, you take emergency contraception pill, AKA the morning after pill within 120 hours or five days after unprotected sex. The sooner you take it, the better it works. It helps prevent pregnancy before it starts. It does not require an IUD. I'm sorry, it does not require an ID nor a prescription for purchase. So this can be picked up at your CVS, your Walgreens, your Walmart, and it doesn't hurt your chances of getting pregnant in the future. Possible side effects would be a lighter, a heavier, a early, a late period, nausea, lower abdominal cramping, tiredness, headache, dizziness, breast tenderness, and vomiting. It may change your period, such as spotting or bleeding before the next period. If your period's more than a week late, it's possible that you might be pregnant, and so you need to take a pregnancy test and follow up with your healthcare professional. 
if you vomit within two hours of taking your emergency contraception pill, then you need to talk to your healthcare professional about whether you need to repeat that dose. Okay, there are two types of morning after pills. One is branded as Ella, and it's the most effective type of morning after pill. You need a prescription from a nurse or a doctor to get Ella emergency contraception, but you can get a fast medical consultation and prescription with next day delivery online. This one you can take up to five days after unprotected sex, but again, it's best to take it as soon as you can. If you weigh 195 pounds or more, it may be less effective. Okay, the one that I most commonly use and that does not prescribe require a prescription is the pill with levonorgestrel. And this is our plan B one step. You can buy it over the counter at your main, most drugstores, pharmacies and superstores. These types of morning after pills work best when you take them within 72. You have a three-day window after unprotected sex, but you can take them up to five days after. The sooner you take it again, the better. And if you weigh more than 165 pounds, levonorgestrel morning after pill may not work. Okay, that was a lot of information to take in today, but here are some things to think about when you're choosing your birth control method. Do you want to have children in the future within the next year? Do you have any health conditions that may limit what type of birth control you use? How often do you have sex? How many partners do you have? Do you need protection from HIV or other sexually transmitted infections? And how well does the birth control method work? The best kind of birth control is the one that you use. I hope you find this helpful. Until next week, be well. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.